0: Welcome to Let's Get Political, a podcast dedicated to providing you with all the information you need to know to make informed decisions without the media spin. I'm your host, Benjamin Copeland, and with my co-host, Jessica Hargis, we're going to look at the midterm elections this episode, both in Texas and across the nation. We're going to highlight the Texas governor's race and some other executive branch races here in Texas, and a few of the U.S. House seats that are up for grabs in Texas. We are also going to look at key governor's races, as well as the most important U.S. Senate races around the country that will affect the balance of power for the next two years in the U.S. Congress. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. Jessica, guess what I did this morning?
1: <laughs> well, it's the first day of early voting and it's raining badly. So I assume you um, skipped voting, drove cautiously to work. <laughs> no, I in was the voted in the horrible traffic that I was in.
0: <laughs> I voted in the first 30 minutes.
1: You're such of a early man.
0: voting. I know. What I walked in there, I said hi to all the poll workers that I always see every time I go vote, went and voted right away because I'm a nerd like that. And also (laughs) everybody should get out and vote this year in a midterm election. How many people do you think even know that there's a midterm election going on right now?
1: I think this year it's a lot more pronounced. I think uh, from what I've seen in my classroom, more people understand that there's something at stake, but they don't know all of the details. So I care, of course, about down ballot voting. I care a lot about the judiciary. And my people care about Beto. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's
0: it. Yeah. And
1: they think the Senate the US Senate's a big deal. And I'm like, guys, we don't even have anybody from Texas up on the Senate. But yeah, I think you know, I think more people have been um talking about it. I think that you see a lot more coverage on in the, the news um for issues that maybe younger voters care about. There's been an uptake in voter registration lately. So that's been promising. That's good.
0: That's good. So midterms uh, in the political science sphere, as you and I both know, gets a lot of uh, research. And one of the the main uh, things that happens in a midterm is that whoever whatever party is in the White House, so right now, obviously Joe Biden's a Democrat, he's in the White House. Whatever party's in the White House, they tend to lose seats in the House and in the Senate during the midterms. And of course, midterm means uh, two years after the presidential election in the mid of the term of the president. And of course, we have a federal election every two years. And in the House, they only have two-year terms. So all 435 people in the House are running for election every two years. And then a third of the Senate is up for election every two years. And so that's what's going on this year. so the research pretty much has two theories on uh, why the president's party usually loses seats in the midterms. One is a referendum election. That is, if the president is got a high disapproval rating, then that usually signals that the other party is going to get more seats. And of course, what we know right now is that Joe Biden has, what, a high 30s, low 40s? Uh, approval rating
1: right now? I think at the height, it's been 44. So even okay. if he's in the 40s, we're not talking about anything significantly amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: So he's he's underwater there. Another one uh, I'll just really quickly get to is the surge and decline theory, which, you know, for the sake of brevity, brevity basically means that, you know, as one party surges in an election, say a presidential election where the Democrats uh, swept into the White House, uh, they Then in the next election, pretty much usually decline and then will surge again, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, de- of course, this all depends on what are the issues going on that year? What's the, you know, what what are things that voters are really uh, think are important? So um, I pulled a poll from New York Times, Siena, which showed that Americans are 26 percent think that the top problem in the country is the economy, 18% say inflation. So if you inflation is actually economics. So if you put those together, that's a 44% of people think that's the most important thing. Um, Abortion came in at 5%. Uh, This is something that Democrats are running pretty hard on right now. Immigration only 5%, which uh, you were surprised was so low in this poll, but you pulled a poll where immigration was a little higher, right?
1: I did. So it, there's two different polls that I'm looking at mine. Um, so just for context, polls are very different there. Um, it's a whole science. So I encourage you if you're interested or if you if you have doubts about why are we looking at polls? You, we look at polls because it's the best uh, understanding of what might happen. And as political scientists, that's what we like to do. We like to project Um polling. Usually you have to m- look at who is being polled. And so that's always interesting to me. So I look at um, if the number like that 5% just seemed low, I'm looking at a poll from, actually I, I have two. One is from UT Austin and uh, Texas Politics Project poll, and they did likely voters. And then another one I look at is, Pew Research, which they did Americans. So the difference there is, of course, you can ask anybody if they're not voting, nobody cares, right? Um, So the Pew Research has immigration in the top uh, top 50s. So it's way more important than yours. Now, when I'm looking at the likely voters, weirdly enough for um, the UT poll, what they did is they combined immigration and border security, and that was 60%. So it got even higher when you're looking at Texas alone. The Pew mm-hmm. Research, of course, is looking nationwide. So, I mean, that makes sense. You're living in Texas, you hear about it a lot. Mm-hmm. In Texas, of course, the Democrats are a little bit more focused on the abortion issue and then gun violence. Um, And so, of course, you're going to have it different depending on what their political makeup is.
0: Mm -hmm, For sure. Um, So what I'd like to do is just kind of talk about uh, some of the races here in Texas. And of course, the big race here in Texas, this uh, election is the governor's race, which we have two marquee names going up against each other. Uh, The incumbent, Greg Abbott, Republican, and of course, the challenger, Beto O'Rourke, who's a Democrat. And of course, Uh, Beto ran for president two years ago and then for a Senate against Cruz two years before that and just only lost by was it wasn't even three percentage was three percentage points right so very very close especially for Texas fortunately or unfortunately depending on which way you go on this it looks like Abbott's going to run away with it so Um, the only
1: comment I'll make here on this Texas reach which I have been fascinated by is um, the amount of money that has been raised in that That race. You've got two big names. Abbott has been the most highest fundraising Republican in modern history. So he's raised more money than W. Bush or Perry, and they were um, governors of Texas as well. Mm -hmm. He raises almost, what is it, almost $84,000 a day. Wow. Is what they averaged out when they look from 2013, when he started running for office. But he has run statewide elections before he was the attorney general. Right. And so he has always been a very big fundraiser. Not only that, he enjoys it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't call people just for money. He calls people year round just to talk and say, I'm listening to the issues. Mm-hmm. And then I was looking at who's giving him money. He gets a lot of money from inside Texas. Um, mm-hmm. Business owners, uh, people who want to do business in Texas, people he has appointed to various regent boards better rock on the other side very popular with the democrats nationwide
0: mm-hmm. yep. he
1: is like allegedly going to save texas from the republicans as the democratic uh, national committee sees it and so they have been funding it it's almost Um, if I'm not mistaken, it's about approximately 80% of Beto O'Rourke's monies come from outside of Texas. Mm -hmm. So the difference is there is you see that Abbott has already built a coalition inside Texas, not just with money, but also support. And then Beto's support is outside Texas. Now he has raised uh, in the last quarter more money than Abbott, but I don't think that's going to help him in the last, um, in the 11th hour, this lead that Beto had, or this the sorry, not the lead, but he was uh, shrinking the lead that Abbott had over him, um, that has gone out the window. Yeah, and I think the problem is that Americans just don't have a very long memory. And Betar work is focused on two major issues. He's talking a lot about the abortion um, concern in the United States as a whole and he's talking about um gun control. Now he has a very sordid history with his gun uh position
0: yeah. which
1: has been flip-flopped a little bit here and there but I think for nationwide fundraiser that's those are the two topics they care about, right?
0: Mm-hmm. But inside
1: Texas that's not exactly what Texans care about. So I think that's why he's losing his um his yeah. position. And and nationwide
0: uh over the summer uh, you you had Republicans up uh, Pretty big, but then when the Dobbs case hit, um, Democrats shot up in the generic ballot, and Democrats actually had a plus one to plus two plus three uh, nationwide, you know, average of winning Congress. You know, it's a generic. It's you know, um, but now it looks like that Republicans have surged back ahead again, and it looks like they're pretty reliably up about three to four percent nationwide. As far as who uh, Americans want in Congress, so kind of a you know, a, a flippy floppy type of uh, of of averages going on there, which is which is interesting, but that's not. That's not uh, unusual for American politics.
1: Well, not just that. What is it? James Carville in the Mm -hmm. 90s said it's the economy, stupid. So Mm -hmm. you might care about abortion, but that's not something that might be affecting millions of people today. But Mm. I did have to go get gas.
0: Yeah, exactly. Although gas prices
1: were going down uh, a few weeks ago, I feel like it's gotten more expensive. And yeah. I need to go buy bread that used to cost me $4 and now it's costing me $7 for the right. same loaf of bread. So yeah, abortion is really important for my future, whatever, or right. my friend, sister's brother's cousin, right. but I got to eat bread now and fill up my gas tank today. So well, I, I'm and it's James. not just
0: gas too, right? I mean, food is up 30%. Um, uh, you've got, um, Electricity uh, nationwide is up fifteen percent. Everything's up, and that you're right. That's and just, whether
1: or not it's his fault, right. uh, the person in power gets the blame. Now, I did look nationwide, uh, worldwide. I have family in a different country, and so I just thought this was interesting. But United States has one of the lowest inflation rates, less than ten percent, and um, in, in some European countries, we're at in the fifties to eighties. But again, I live in America, so it matters to me here. So it's not like it's Biden's fault, per se, or the Democrats who are running our current government. But that's who we're going to blame, regardless of whose fault it is or what's going on. Now, I think you you said that Biden has been trying to get the numbers down so that people will not hold him responsible.
0: Well, he's he's trying to get the gas prices down. And so one thing that he's done is tap the strategic oil reserves ahead of the midterms. I think he authorized a 15 million barrel release. Um, But to put it into perspective, America uses 20 million barrels of oil a day. So it's probably not going to move the needle too much, but it does kind of signal that the Democrats are really worried about this election. Uh, So, you know, Uh, They probably should be. It's it's not looking good if you if you follow the polling. So um, but yeah, in in Texas, the governor's race looks pretty reliably like Abbott's going to win. My prediction is somewhere between eight and 10 percent. I've seen polling as high as 11 percent. Two new polls came out today show Abbott up nine percent. So likely an eight to 10 percent win would be my would be my prediction. Uh, anything below 8%, would you you would wonder what down ballot Democrats are going to do. So um, it'll be interesting to watch on Election Day. Um, some other Texas executive branch races we've got for Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Uh, not seeing any polling on this one, but don't see anybody talking about the fact that the Democrat Mike Collier is going to uh, pull off an upset here either <laughs> neither in the attorney general's race with ken paxton going against rochelle garza uh nobody is is um really saying anything about looking at internal polling being being any different there uh,
1: well i just um and, go um, the only ahead comment, I, and you yeah. know. Um, there are more than two parties on the ballot. So just mm. for those out there who are like, oh, these two guys, who cares? There are Libertarians and Green Party members for the top spots. Um, they're not pulling more than one or two percent. Uh, libertarians are doing just slightly better. But um, I will tell you for the lieutenant governor race, I think this one, if I might, is hilarious to me. This is a rematch of a 2018 race where mm. Dan Patrick won by only... it was less than 4%, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, he did not run away with this, but that was after he had espoused the bathroom bill Mm -hmm. and a bunch of social issues. And so I think it was more of a, hey, don't go into that arena, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, Mike Collier is, although we may know his name and we may Mm -hmm. be familiar with him, I don't think um, the general public is rushing to vote for him. I think it was more of a, a referendum against Dan Patrick's probably social issues in 2018 Mm -hmm. so i think his his lead this time around is a little bit more indicative of how texans think yeah what is it um the poll i'm looking at is like 51 to 36 percent and so mike collier is trying Mm -hmm. but doesn't have the money of course that that um, but
0: this this is a bad election for democrats especially democrats in texas so You know, again, but,
1: and the money, if you're going to waste some money in Texas, better work has a great name. He doesn't mm-hmm. need necessarily millions of dollars to get his name out. And the Democrats nationwide think that the democratic gov or that the governor is the most important position. And I would argue that is not as important as some of these other down ballot races. You yeah. got the lieutenant governor lieutenant who Governor, who governor Attorney the General. Senate. Yeah. The attorney general who Ken Paxton has a vendetta against Biden and has sued him so many times in the last two years, he's going to beat Greg Abbott's. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Greg Abbott used to sue what Obama every other uh, day. And so I think uh, Ken Paxton is looking for um, to win that that race against his um, what's it called his uh, stats there. But um, yeah, when you're looking down the ballot, comptroller of public accounts nobody has a thing against no. glenn hager i mean he seems Mm-mm. like a, a nice guy with a nice little smile he's done a pretty good <laughs> job uh, the agriculture commissioner weirdly enough sid miller is one of the most vile twitter people have ever seen hasn't <laughs> hurt him loves to tweet some really random stuff doesn't hurt yeah. him he's got a big giant cowboy hat
0: and he's boots great. that's right yeah you but can't run for agriculture some- commissioner unless you have a cowboy hat your- I
1: guess. But the land commissioner commissioners, that one's open. So what happened there was, you know, um, you've got our uh, Gre- uh, George P. Bush, who decides he's going to try and um, take Ken Paxton down in the Republican primary so he can't run for re-election. And failed
0: miserably doing it.
1: Shockingly. Yeah. And now you've got a land commissioner that's completely open, two people mm. that nobody really knows. So this is probably one of the closer races, uh, probably because of namesake. What do you think?
0: No, I... From what I'm I'm seeing, it looks like Don Buckingham is probably going to win this going away, at least from, you know what I'm hearing uh, internally. So
1: okay, we'll see,
0: we'll see for sure. But yeah,
1: the polling, I think I have. uh, Like I said, I just looked at the UT, the Texas poll. Texas Tribune has one. It's just forty seven to thirty six, and I think it's because it was open. I didn't think a Democrat was going to win this, but
0: no, and and um, it probably would be closer, certainly than any of the other executive branch races. Only again because it's an open seat and there's no name recognition. Um, And this is
1: the only, if I'm not mistaken, statewide open seat when you're even when you're looking at the executive branch. In executive branch? Yeah. No, even in the judicial, we don't have any open seats in the Supreme Court or the Court of Criminal Appeals. They're all running for re-election, right?
0: That's true. That's right. They've been- so I think statewide, yeah.
1: we've got mm-hmm. incumbents. When you're looking right. at more open seats, that gets right. more
0: That's true. Very good. Yep, absolutely. Well, um, let's move on to a, a few national governor's races. And I'll, I'll tell you, over the weekend, Nancy Pelosi came out and said she's very confident that Democrats will hold the- congress this year uh i think that's probably she is adorable <laughs> i think that's her i think i think she's uh in fantasy land but she's got to say something right so if that's what she
1: yeah she has yeah. to say she's supportive i anybody who's watched politics at all and she's what 82
0: oh i have no idea
1: she yeah. is up there she's been around for a while she should know better
0: yeah well i mean what can she say yeah we're gonna get schlapped. uh it's <laughs> It's not, it's not looking good for us this year. I mean, she's got to say something, right? So bless her heart. She still stumping. and she's 82. Wow. Still stumping, (laughs) still out there stumping for the Democrats. But anyway, governor's races, there's a, there's a few of them I want to highlight. Uh, Don't want to waste too, too much time on this, but Arizona has got a huge race going on between Carrie Lake, a TV personality and Katie Hobbs. Yeah, Hobbs is just, it seems like she's just a bad campaigner. But then on the flip side, Carrie Lake is just saying some
1: outlandish, off-the-wall stuff. and Oh, my favorite was during the debate, they asked her, because she's a denier, she's a, a 2020 election denier. And so they asked her, so if you lose this election, will you believe that it was a rigged election? And she said, when I win, I will believe the election was correctly done and she just kept repeating it so the only way she yeah. believes the election is not rigged is if she wins it's my favorite kind of uh campaigner i guess her well needs to yeah
0: so I, I think she was just trying to run away from the fact that she was saying that the 2020 <laughs> election you know was rigged Um no, she's not answering that it's question. still not a it's still not a good look for her but no. it hasn't hurt her in the polls it looks like she's still up uh rcp average has her up 1.6 percent the latest poll has her three percent but that's still within the margin of error for Hawthorne.
1: arizona really is an odd little um because the, in the 2020 election their uh their senate went democratic mm-hmm. and now it looks like they're swinging interestingly Republican.
0: yeah yeah um, another interesting thing to note in that one, Katie Hobbs refused to debate Carrie Lake. Uh, some of the some of the news outlets are saying that's what's hurting her. Um, Hobbs saying, you know, I don't want to give Carrie Lake any uh, any more, you know, press coverage than possible. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that how that shakes out. We got a rematch in Georgia. Brian <laughs> Kemp, the incumbent Republican, against Stacey Abrams, the Democrat. Uh, that's a rematch. She never
1: did. Uh, she never did what? Uh,
0: She's pulling a Kerry Lake. Didn't
1: uh, no? When didn't she yeah, was, uh, when she lost the last time, she didn't. Oh, just, what is yeah. it when you admit? Oh my gosh, you can. What is the word when you concede? Admit- she never conceded. Thank never you. Oh, conceded. God, I totally Correct. lost my word. Yes. She never conceded. She said that he was in charge. He was the secretary of state at the time. And she said that he did a couple of things that she did not agree with. So she would not concede. concede. Yeah. That's
0: and funny. and then they asked her here recently in, in this election, you know, how come you didn't concede? And she says, oh, I conceded. What? <laughs> and
1: I'm like, what? Oh, well, come I mean, Americans on. do have a short memory. So maybe that's yeah. working for her.
0: Yeah, well, it's not looking good for her if you believe the uh, averages. Um, On average, in in the aggregate polling, she is down 5.6 percentage points. However, the latest polls show her down 9%, 7%, and 6%. Um, Just doesn't look like she's getting that magic she had. In 2018, where she, it was only 50,000 vote
1: difference, I think. Yeah, it was really small. It was that's why she unbelievably was- unbelievably
0: close. Um,
1: Which, if but, not, I mean, when was the last time we're not te- we're not um, from there? But it's been a while since they've had a Democrat win a statewide election, if I'm not mistaken. They're kind of like Texas. Well,
0: of course, they have two Democrats for Senate. Right Sorry,
1: now. um, yeah. Governor. Dang it, exactly. Yeah.
0: not for governor. That's true. They haven't had a Democrat governor in a little while. Um, but here's here's what's really bad for Democrats in this one is that will Brian Kemp's win, assuming he's going to win, will it push the Senate race over the top for the Republican? And we'll get to that when we get into the Senate races, because that's a that's you know, a that's a crazy one that, right there. So. I know you've got comments and I want to hear them. <laughs> um, let's go talk about Oregon real quick. This is a shocker the Republican, a Republican has not been governor of Oregon for 40 years, but the Republican in this one is up barely. The last poll I just saw was a 1% um, lead for Drazen, the Republican. Now, here's the problem. The Democrat, uh, Kotak, is running also against an Independent who is pulling a lot of Democrat votes their way, uh, which is means that Drazen has a plurality, but doesn't have a, a majority. Of course, you only need a plurality in this one uh, for them. So lots of people voting independent, that's, that's hurting the Democrat. I, I still think this will probably go to the Democrat at the end of the day. It would be very shocking to see this to be Republican.
1: I mean, this is the downside that people talk about when you have a third party. People don't like the two major parties and they're like, why aren't there more parties that are working out there? Well, because the way the system is put together, if you have three parties on the ballot, you're going to pull people from one of the two majors. One of the two. so you may not like that um, terrible here, I guess it would be the Republicans are not as well liked, but... Because you're pulling, the Republican can come out and win. That's what happened with Clinton, right? 92. It's not that he was the best guy for the job at the time. It was that H.W. Bush had Ross Perot on the sidelines pulling some of his people. So, yeah, yeah, this is an interesting one to watch.
0: New York, we've got Kathy Hochul, the incumbent, uh, running her first governor's race, because you'll remember that uh, Cuomo resigned and she was oh. the Senate governor and she got in against Lee Zeldin, the Republican. Um, the, it's, it's really narrowed up. However, it looks like Hochul has still got a reliable 6.2% average in this one, um, but she's being hammered on crime. In New York. And Lee Zeldin, interestingly enough, there was a shooting. What was it like uh, uh, just a few houses down from his house? And, uh, it, it, you know, he's making a lot of hay out of that right now for uh-huh. uh, governor. Uh, but, but again, it's New York you know let's not it's not uh let's not go crazy right it's probably yeah, but,
1: you know to win with such anyway. a small margin would be True. a nice victory for the republicans as well it's kind of one of those things like beto maybe he won't be so badly hurt if he could get within right 10. right exactly <laughs> sorry
0: michigan Gretchen whitmer she has been in the news a lot the last two years um she uh She's the governor in which that really right wing group of people tried to kidnap. If yeah. that people might remember that, um, she in the last poll I just saw that came out today is tied with the Republican, uh, That's Tudor crazy. Dixon. Never heard of Tudor Dixon, don't know who that is. I don't live in Michigan, so don't <laughs> really need to. Uh, but if you look at the averages, still, um, and and the poll that I cited that was a tie, it's Trafalgar, which is uh, skews a little Republican. So probably up two to three percent would be my guess still, uh, Gretchen Whitmer. But she's being hammered uh, a lot because of the COVID lockdowns that she put in place for Michigan, which was much more strict than most of the country. Uh, that's probably the only reason why the Republican even has a shot. Right now. Well, and
1: it's not that unusual. I mean, yes, for governor, it might be unusual, but they mm. did go for um, Trump in two, 2016.
0: So that's true. Yeah, very barely. But yeah, <laughs> uh, they did, which which was absolutely surprising to me. Um, all right. Moving on to Nevada real quick. We got Steve Sisolak. Of course, I love Nevada because I got I like going to Vegas a lot. <laughs> I like to follow the Nevada uh, elections. But Steve Sisolak, the Democrat incumbent, is running behind the Republican Joe Lombardo Um, averages show him up almost 2%, but the latest polls have a one, two, three, and 3% lead. The last four polls I looked at for Lombardo.
1: And that's an October switch, right? I mean, he, he wasn't up.
0: No, no. Sisolak had been up uh, reliably up until almost October. You're absolutely right about that. Yeah for sure.
1: Nevada is just one of those weird ones. I know that Las Vegas mayor got a lot of hit for her lockdowns as well. And so a lot of people were yes. hit pretty hard because of it. Right. So I wonder right. if they're taking it out because of maybe.
0: That. Well, you know, Nevada and especially the the population centers, Las Vegas, Reno areas, Tahoe, um, you know, their their biggest economic, you know, um, the biggest thing that they bring in money for is tourism. And when you lock down on COVID, I mean, that's gonna decimate tourism. And uh, you know, not not necessarily Siselect's fault. I mean, you know, what are you gonna do? Um, but you're gonna get blamed one way or the other. So um, but surprising because Nevada has been um Democrat at least the last three, four, five elections or right. so. So yeah, I, I don't know if this is a sea change for Nevada or uh, if it's just a one-off because this is, this, you know, Republicans are are just doing really well in this midterm. Um, and then the last governor's race we really wanna look at because uh, it's our neighbors to the North, Oklahoma, uh, Kevin Stitt versus Joy Hoffmeister. Uh, Hoffmeister the Democrat is leading in the latest <laughs> polls, which uh, just, Blows my mind, especially in an election like this, in which it looks like Republicans are going to uh, to do well. Any idea what's going on here?
1: You know, um, do they allow students to vote on student IDs? Because that would be the <laughs> only reason. Because you know, Texas, we make sure that our uh, our youngsters don't vote because we don't let student yeah. IDs count. So maybe that's
0: it. I I don't know. Um, looking at the internals of the polls. Um, Three hundred one likely voter had her up, um, yeah, her had her up four percent, and then a five hundred sample likely voter had her up only one percent. So I, margin of error is still pretty big, five point seven percent and four point four percent respectively. So, but it's
1: very unusual.
0: Very, very unusual. Very unusual. I, I would be surprised if the Democrat won, but looking at the polling, it is possible. So. All right, let's look at um, Senate races real quick. Um, and, you know, Senate races really matter for Texas, even nationwide, because whoever takes over the Senate is, you know, going to uh, affect national politics, which will affect Texas, you know, pretty greatly. Uh, if people know anything about the Senate right now, it's a 50 50 tie in the Senate. And the vice president, who is also the president of the Senate, as uh, people who will remember their their um, political science classes <laughs> <of> <laughs> yesteryear, no. Uh, she gets to break the tie. And so, of course, the Democrats are just barely uh, in control of the Senate, but, but in control nonetheless. Um, this is going to be really tight, really tight. And whoever wins the Senate this midterm is only going to have It's either going to be a 50-50 tie, or if the Republicans take it, it'll probably only be 51-49 type of a thing. Um, But it's coming down to three states, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Georgia. So which one do you want to look at first?
1: Well, we've already looked at Nevada, so let's touch that real quick.
0: We've got the um, incumbent Catherine Cortez Masto against Adam Laxalt. it She's looks not
1: doing
0: not doing well. Laxalt is up one percent, but still a statistical dead heat. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens here um, with that one. But again, it, it looks like Republicans are are surging there right now and they have to have that Nevada. If they don't win Nevada, Republicans do not pick up the Senate period. End of the discussion. Oh, Some yeah, you think Pennsylvania. So? Say again. You think so? Oh, Yeah. So-
1: that's the yeah,
0: major one i think so. so
1: um you think if the governor pulls and uh will down ballot help them if the governor also goes to
0: yeah and- if if the governor if lombardo wins then i think laxalt wins um but I, but you know it's in the statistical dead heat so i mean that's not a that's not a given right uh, and that's a Democrat-held seat. So that would give Republicans one more seat. The problem is Pennsylvania is a Republican-held seat, the incumbent not choosing to run again. And so you've got John Fetterman, who is the lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania, and Mehmet Oz, who is famous for his television show, the the television doctor, if you will, um, in a very close race. I mean, You know, it looks like Fetterman is up two percent in the aggregate polling. But this race is is crazy because Fetterman had a stroke a few months ago and he's having a hard time talking and cognitively understanding what people are saying. And he
1: wouldn't debate, right? Because he said, I mean, well, no, he has
0: agreed to a debate.
1: Oh, did he now agree? Okay, I remember back when he was still not going to get on there because of his stroke.
0: But he is going to use monitors that are going to, they're going to type out the questions for him so he can can understand.
1: So the only thing I'll say about this one with regard to the stroke is I think he's not hurt nearly as bad as he would have been Mm -hmm. had Bernie Sanders not had a heart attack during the, his election, during his Mm -hmm. primary. So uh, for those who remember in the 2020 primary, you had, um, Bernie Sanders had a heart attack. He had to get off the campaign trail for a while, and then he came back, and he seemed completely normal. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I know stroke and heart attacks are completely not the same thing. But um, Mm. I think that the public is now okay with a health issue coming up like that. I think in the past, that would have been something a little bit more severe. What do you think? Yeah, but I think
0: I agree with you that health issues are not as important as they had been in, in the past. Um, but I think one of the difference here is that, you know, Bernie Sanders, when he came back, he looked pretty normal. Whereas, unfortunately for Federman- I mean, as
1: normal as Bernie can be.
0: Well, that's true. But, you know, I I, I feel for Federman, I don't want anybody to have a stroke, but he does not look like he is at 100%. And uh, Biden <laughs> came to Philadelphia and in an event and Fetterman didn't say a word the whole time, which was very uh, concerning,
1: Um,
0: but I'm just pulled up the polling. A new poll came out over the weekend uh, that has a tie 46-46.
1: So you think maybe if he gets up on the debate stage and he's able to answer and sound coherent that maybe he can pull back ahead?
0: I think he's going to have to.
1: He needs to talk because maybe he thought if he stayed silent, it wouldn't hurt him, but that's what hurt him the most because oz is such a flawed i'm sorry that guy's just (laughs) and
0: here's one thing i don't understand and we're going to talk about this with the next race too why do republicans why does donald trump i'm going to go on a rant for a second why why do they put up these marginal candidates who you know in a in a in a you know an election where republicans should do well why do they put up these these candidates that you know if you just put up a regular person who doesn't have a whole lot of you know skeletons in their past they're gonna run away with these but then you put up a a Dr. Oz and a Herschel Walker who have a lot of things going on in their past Um, for Oz not personal but just his politics you know are are what's dogging him and for Herschel Walker it's more personal
1: there's so Uh, many things
0: yeah so why why do Republicans continue to do this if if they just put up, you know, a a normal person—I hate to say it that way—but you know, if they put up a normal person, they run away with both of these.
1: So I'm gonna I'm gonna go out of limb and hopefully remind some people of the old adage: Republicans fall in love, Democrats fall in line. Mm -hmm. And Republicans have a nice history of really, and it's funny to me because of how they demonize celebrities, uh, the liberal celebrities, but they really like big name people who are Republicans. It's like, they feel that there's so few of them, which Mm -hmm. statistically is not true, but they just feel like, Hey, if I get somebody who's a Republican, who has a big name, I'm going to go behind them no matter what. And Mitch McConnell has said in private that he is not behind all these, um, these endorsements. And mm-hmm. he's even said that he, he's not going to talk about what kind of a um senator these people are going to end up being. He's just mm-hmm. there to support the Republicans that this the people have chosen. He he yeah. McConnell is not uh is not crazy. He knows how to word it properly where he's not saying he supports these guys, but they have been endorsed. And so I think the other thing you've got somebody like Donald Trump who is an outlier. People liked him because he wasn't part of the political fray. They thought he would come in and you want somebody from outside government because everyone always thinks somebody from outside government is going to do better. And he's just been endorsing these people and his endorsements have been working in the primaries.
0: In the primaries, that's right. We'll see if they work in the
1: general. And even DeSantis, I think, is the only well-known Republican. And now I'm trying to remember who he refused to go. Colorado GOP Senate nominee, Joe Odea. He criticized Trump. But DeSantis has endorsed him and Trump told him that was a mistake. He won't win. And so I think that's interesting. You have somebody like DeSantis, who's, mm-hmm. um, you know, much more of a Republican, if if you will, than Trump is. Mm-hmm. And he's like, look, this is a good candidate for us. He's going to do well in the state that we need him in. And Trump's like, no, we don't like him because he doesn't like me. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I'm going to go on that. Uh, Republicans fall in love. Democrats fall in line. And that's mm-hmm. that's my. uh my
0: answer and and there's pros and cons to both um yeah it's (laughs) well hillary
1: clinton didn't get the 2008 nomination that pissed her off really so you know that we see what happened there democrats falling in line
0: um yeah so pennsylvania will be interesting and then it'll come down to georgia there's (laughs) another democrat held seat between Raphael warnock the incumbent and the challenger, Herschel Walker, who is famous for being a football player at- University
1: And so many other and, fun And facts.
0: so many other fun facts, which, of course, he's denying,
1: but, you Not know- Not even really denying. Most of the smoke, stuff he's like, yeah, whatever.
0: Yeah, where there's smoke, there's fire. <laughs> um, yeah, so both candidates are, are flawed candidates. Um, Herschel Walker really- getting shellacked right now for uh some of the things that he's got going on personally both with uh former um uh love interests is that the best way to put it uh i mean who knows? And, <laughs> and
1: um i don't like gossip but geez it's just yeah. so much man yeah
0: yeah it's 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 crazy And and, and here's what's really crazy jessica is that this is going to decide the Senate. These three, yes. If,
1: if it was just some random uh, BS thing that they've been right. and it should be a runaway, like uh, everything that keeps coming up about him. I know, that, look, you can say what you will. I, he said, she said, whatever yeah. abortion issues, whatever. He literally held up a, a um, sheriff's badge during the debate and said, He's a sheriff. They gave it to him as a thank you for support. It's not real. He was told that. He was like, yeah, it's totally real. And I'm just like, that should just make you so cray that you're not even in Mm. the running. Yeah. So the fact that he's still in the running because Republicans are like, well, it's better than the other guy. Yeah. That just is insane to me. They should be Mm. running away from him like crazy.
0: For sure. Um, The latest poll that just came out over the weekend has a tie, 46-46. Uh, However, it's a only a 500 sample likely voter so margin of
1: error, some of these samplings have been a lot smaller lately.
0: Well, they're just trying to get in there as quickly as possible. Yeah, you you, you don't have time to do the big 1000 person sample, Uh, but you do have Trafalgar which again is reliably uh, Republican ish. Uh, with a thousand person likely sample. And if they still had more knockup by one,
1: <laughs> if that tells
0: you anything. Uh, maybe
1: they're true Republicans who can't stand this uh, being part maybe, of the Maybe,
0: maybe. I, I don't, I, this is going to come down to the end. And I I wonder if, and I, I foreshadowed this earlier where we talked about the governor's race in Georgia with Kemp and Abrams. Kemp is running away with it at this point. Yeah. Um, is he going to drag Herschel Walker Across the goal line. Did you see what I did there? <laughs> yes, yes. Is he gonna is he gonna be able to do it? I don't know.
1: And it's six years, guys. We're not talking. I mean, this is gonna sound rude, but it's not like it's a house seat in two years you can get rid of the guy who sucks and mm-hmm. put somebody else who's better up. This is six years with this guy. Right. Oh right. yeah.
0: Well, there are other Senate races, but nothing that's just, you know, blow your hair back. Uh, North Carolina looks like the Republican is probably going to win, but it's very close. Arizona uh, Democrat Mark Kelly, the astronaut uh, who's married to Gabby Giffords, the uh, uh, the House member who unfortunately was shot uh, years ago. Um, uh, It looks like he's up reliably uh, right now. Uh, Wisconsin, Ron Johnson, the incumbent, very close up until the the last few weeks or so. And it looks like he has pulled ahead there, but that's not moving one way or that's not a flip. That's why it's not as important. And then you've got New Hampshire, Maggie Hassan. Uh, it has a comfortable lead uh, at this point. So it looks like she's going to win. She's the incumbent again, not going to flip. So, Again, it comes down to those three races. Nevada, if the Republican wins, that flips. But then in Pennsylvania, if the Democrat wins, that also flips. Mm-hmm. So it comes down to Georgia,
1: which Georgia. I mean. It's on, not just Georgia. Yeah. I'm sorry, but Georgia gotta be smarter than the name recognition, please. <laughs> I just boy.
0: well said it's
1: supposed to be the hierarchy chamber.
0: Yeah, that's true. Well, let's look at the House real quick. Um, I don't think there are any major polling outlets that are saying that Democrats are going to hold on to the House.
1: No, Um, not if they want to be credible at all.
0: Right. Um, RCP has a 225 margin for Republicans, and that's not counting the toss ups. You looked at 538. Is that right? silver's group and he is predicting a 240 is
1: that what you said yeah it's reliably definitely above 225 they're definitely gonna i mean he doesn't like to say definitely he likes to say that they're gonna win but anything
0: um so let's just look at some interesting house races in texas uh, since we live in texas and that's what's important for us Um, although really quickly i do want to point out one house race that is in new hampshire um, the only reason I'm pointing it out is because it it could have um, uh, record-breaking implications. Uh, Caroline Levitt, never heard of her, uh, and the reason I've never heard of her is because she's 25 years old, uh, and if she gets elected to that seat, she would be the youngest ever elected woman to Congress, and of course, if you've got to go way back to your political science classes in college, you'll know that you cannot run for the House, US House of Representatives until you're 25 years old. So this is, this is the youngest you can be and also run uh, for a seat. Um, it has her within one percentage point of the incumbent Chris Pappas. Um, not, I'm not predicting a win here, but if she does win, if, and this is in New Hampshire, so these are the po- some of the polls that are gonna close early. Uh, in in the in the evening if she is winning early, it is going to signal a huge Republican wave election now if she doesn't win and the incumbent wins then it may not be quite as bad for the Democrats I think this is a this is what we like to call in politics a bellwether in a way mm-hmm. We're gonna see if you know where the the nation might, might be going in this one election. Um, But anyway, enough about that. Let's talk about Texas 15. So well, before we jump
1: into, I just want to point out a couple of things. So um, a lot of people, hopefully you guys know about the census and how we have redistricted. And so Texas has earned two new House seats. So we used to have only 36 seats in the Texas House. And because of redistricting, we will have um, a few more incumbents, I'm sorry, a few less incumbents running because number one, they had to choose which one they're gonna be in. And then we'd have some open spots, right? And then we have two incumbents running against each other in some areas, things like that mm-hmm. might happen. And so this one, now we have 38 seats up for election. And when you look at Texas as a whole, you think, oh yeah, they're reliably Republican, but Texas has some areas that are usually reliably democratic. Right. And that's B- big D, big R. And so when um, when political scientists look at Texas, they're like, oh, yeah, well, overall, Texas might lean Republican, but you're going to have some areas of the state that usually the border areas, Mm -hmm. the big urban areas, those are going to be significantly more Democratic. Correct. And so this leads us to, of course, seat or house seat.
0: House seats. Uh, The three house seats that I'd like to look at, Texas 15, Texas 28 and Texas 34 are all in South Texas, which are uh, reliably, as you correctly pointed out, Democrat uh, areas. Uh, so, again, not a good sign for Democrats in the state. Um, one open seat that has two political rookies going up against each other is Texas 15, Monica De La Cruz. Right now, the last poll I saw had her up 4% on the uh, Democrat candidate, uh, Michelle Vallejo. Um This is interesting to me because the three races we're going to look at, uh, all six of the candidates are Hispanic, right? So, you know, this is a huge sticking point in Texas as to which party is going to be able to gain uh, support from the Hispanic community. Uh, And Hispanics are now um, the majority in Texas.
1: Well, it's 40.3 percent so the majority minority party plus um or ethnicity group but mm-hmm. what's interesting is that a lot of people are like oh well i mean obviously republicans don't have a leg up with um, with hispanics but trump increased his um, Hispanic hold in Texas. What was it? 17 different seats in Texas mm-hmm. went Republican and supported um, the Trump in the 2020 election. And so do not count them out as automatic Democrats. This is the no. problem with some people who are just like, oh, if you're Hispanic, you're obviously a Democrat. If you're this, you're obviously that. Not in Texas. Their issues... No are very um different they're very conflicted yeah, uh, yeah. most hispanics who are especially catholic hispanics have a huge problem with the abortion um rights mm-hmm. then you've got the border like yep. people are like oh hispanics want open borders that is not true oh. mm-hmm. um hispanics are much more for stricter border control and so yeah this is this is a good race down here
0: well texas 34 is an interesting one to look at because there was a special election in june for uh, somebody to fill that seat for a few months right. <laughs> ahead of the general election, which is happening uh, in a couple of weeks. And a Republican won that special election. Now, Because Democrats
1: were like, oh, it's a Democrat seat, we don't even have to try.
0: Right. It, to put it into perspective, uh, this district went for Biden in 2020 57.9% to Trump's 42.1%. And yet, Myra Flores won that seat in June. And so she is technically the incumbent. Now,
1: two incumbents.
0: (laughs) She's going up against somebody who she did not run against in June. uh, And Vincente Gonzalez, who is the Democrat, in the only poll that I've seen, is up four percentage points. Now, That was back in early August. So I'm sure things have changed since then. I'm not sure if they've changed in favor of Flores or not, but uh, that's too far back in order to think that that's a reliable poll anymore. Uh, But it will be interesting to see if she can hold on to that seat.
1: And Gonzalez Uh, is is an incumbent as well. Um, and because right. of the redistricting now he's going up for this, uh, this spot.
0: Correct. Yes. So that's thank, the weird thank you for thing. Like, yeah. Yeah.
1: Even if he might be popular where he was the incumbent, this is a new area for him. Yes. And so what you've got going on now is yeah. Three seats that could swing over mm-hmm. to the Republicans.
0: And then Texas 28 uh, incumbent Henry Quaylor, who is running away from Biden as quickly as he possibly <laughs> can. He, uh, in the news, all I keep hearing from, uh, Republican outlets is they keep quoting Henry Cuellar, um, that he's hammering the Biden administration on immigration policies and saying that the border is not secure. The Biden administration is not correct on that. Um, the vice president who has kept saying over and over again, it's, it's secure. And he's like, no, it's not. And, Mm -hmm. uh, he it looks like he has a a very slight lead over Cassie Garcia, who is running against him uh, in that one. But that's another race to look at uh, that will be very interesting for Texas. Again, which way are Hispanics voting? i've I've said it in my classes. I'll say it here. Uh, Hispanics are up for grabs in Texas. And whichever political party, can win over Hispanics in Texas will run the state for the foreseeable future.
1: Yeah, and the thing, you know, how do you decide who you're gonna vote for? Well, number one, um, if you're in that area, so the Democrats have not just um, been putting enough money down there. Like I said, they take it for granted, number one. Yep. Number two, you've got um, Garcia, when you were mentioning her, she has raised a significant amount of money. So you th- mm-hmm. we talk about millions of dollars in the national polls or in the national house or Senate, but in um, in this one, it's a million dollars in just the third quarter. She Ooh, is tied very closely. Yeah, which tied closely to Ted Cruz. She used to be his staffer. And so she's very well-versed inside. So mm-hmm. let's say you get the staffer used to be with Ted Cruz. Now she's going to become part of the house. She's going to have a good relationship with the Senate. Um, It's just a a lot of things to consider. Um, What was his name in the 34th? Had he just run for his old seat in the 15th? Gonzalez. Yeah, then that one wouldn't have been a problem. But now that he's running over in the 34th, you just don't know what's going to happen. And so it's interesting to to have a good race down there. Um, Biden has not been asked to come to Texas and, and campaign <laughs> a lot. But we did have Trump out here uh, over the weekend campaigning yep. for the Republicans in That's that true. area. Yep. And so you're pulling a lot of people reminding them, hey, we're we're Trump Republicans and that is helping uh, the Republican Party in in this um, southern border area yeah. which is interesting.
0: Yeah, Trump is still um very popular. Very popular with a with a segment of people Republicans I should say more specifically. Um but yeah, and and here's another thing that we haven't pointed out but is is very important for these midterms. Ron DeSantis is kind of shaping up as the alternative Republican candidate to Donald Trump. Absolutely. And, and if DeSantis, and DeSantis is, uh, campaigning in other areas, he is going to probably run away with his, his he's up for election this year. It looks like he's going to run away with it. Um, so he is now going to different places and campaigning for Republicans. If he can, um, help, those people he's campaigning for if it looks like it helped that he came um he could be somebody that that could face down donald trump in a 2024 republican primary so another thing to really look at uh for republicans and democrats because um 2024 is going to be wild because will Mm -hmm. biden run again will um The vice president Kamala Harris is she going to run? There's some talk that she might just run against Biden.
1: Oh wow! You know,
0: Um, will Donald Trump run again? Will Ron DeSantis be able to wrestle that away from him if he runs? I mean, the the stories write themselves right now. I know is 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 wonderful for us, right? (laughs) For political scientists like us who just eat this stuff up. So. yeah, this this midterm it has major major implications. Um going on and of course every election has major implications so yeah.
1: well and what irritates me about the midterm elections as we call them here the gubernatorial elections is that uh, people are not necessarily that focused on them historically right. you've had republicans who are much well uh, much better um, versed in the parties understanding what the stakes are really getting out the vote in the midterm elections versus the democrats who usually have a uh, much better turnout in the in the uh, presidential elections. But if you're going to select a legislature, which we're going to have a legislative session in 2023, and if it's going to be significantly left or right, um, those are the next set of laws that are going to come out those are the next set of um, focus that your state is going to have. So yes, the federal government is very important. Congress is very important. Who wins the house and the Senate, very important, but it's very important here at the local area as well. And so I always tell my students, you know, you gotta look down the ballot. We haven't even touched on the fact that the judicial branch of government is also elected. Mm -hmm. We have county judges that are up for election, which county judges are not necessarily actual judges. Um, They do significantly more legislative and executive work. And so Texas government is just really complicated right now. And a lot of people don't even focus on the judiciary. There's uh, There are a few spots in the Texas Supreme Court that are not even, Texas Supreme Court and the Criminal Court of Appeals that are not even, uh, they don't have um, challengers. And so these are things, we haven't had a Democrat in the Texas Supreme Court in, since the 90s. Yeah. And so nobody's really focusing on this, and so my students don't even realize what these people do. But um, very important, very important election that's well, about I to happen. I just
0: voted this morning, and it, <laughs> the, the Texas Supreme Court—all three um, seats that are up for election—they um, are held by a Republican right now. There is a Democrat challenger for all three of them. It's um, so, so a, a
1: court of appeals without a challenger. Uh,
0: yeah, but I did. I don't. Remember, the first
1: uh, seats two doesn't have a challenge. Yeah.
0: Anyway, um, but uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that uh, Rebecca Huddle is up for election. And this one, she was on one of our uh, previous guests. Yeah. uh, yeah, Earlier. So uh, interesting stuff going on there. I will say this too, to kind of wrap up, and I'll give you the last word, Jessica. But the turnout for this midterm is uh, on pace for breaking the record for midterms um 2018 midterm election is the uh broke the record with 122 million people voting uh so far in early voting in in the united states 5.8 million people have already cast a ballot in different states so and that's just within the first couple of days of early voting so (laughs) if that tells you anything uh People are aware of this one. Uh, It's it's and maybe it's because of the you know, there's such a division right now between Republicans and Democrats, maybe more so than uh, what the 60s and 70s since the 60s and 70s.
1: Well, the, the issues are interestingly contentious mm-hmm. as well. Like I said, it's yeah. funny because, you know, after the Dobbs decision, everyone thought that's what the referendum is going to be. It's yeah. it's going to be all about abortion yeah. on the midterm. But since then, abortion, again, it does affect people. And if you have ethical or moral problems with it, that's one thing. But when you go to the grocery store, when you go get gas, that mm-hmm. hurts you today. And yeah. so I, I'm still espousing to it's the uh, economy, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Now, what's interesting. um, The only couple of things I want to say then is that Texas has a early voting timeframe. You have the next two weeks to vote in early voting. So you don't have to wait till November 8th, which is, of course, voting day. Um, It's not that hard to vote in the state of Texas. Uh, you've got a lot of great opportunities to vote. You're allowed to bring in a voter guide. That's something I do. Yep. I am not. There's no possible way I can memorize all these names of the people that I want to vote for um, and even trying to remember all the parties of the people that I want to vote for. So I always get a voter guide ahead of time. I highlight it. It has to be on paper. You can't have your phone out or electronics. That's not mm. allowed in the voting locations. Right. But you can have a voter guide, highlight who you want to vote for. Then when you get to the polling, it's not that hard to go in, punch out the numbers. Go all the way down ballot, especially if you've taken the time ahead to look through them.
0: And then the last thing I'll
1: say that this hurt one of my students and she was like, I was surprised by this. You cannot wear any shirts, hats, buttons, anything in the polling location with 100 feet of the polling that has the name of somebody on the ballot. Yep. So she was like, "Well, I wasn't even supporting," and I'm like, "Yeah, that's not really it, the law's the law. So um, you got you make sure that when you go to vote, you're you're not wearing anyone's name or or." Um, have any political party affiliation on any of your stuff, because they will stop you from going in and voting. And it's not because they don't want you to vote and they're suppressing your vote. It's because that's the law. And so just know that there are some rules and regulations around it. If you want to know more, the Texas Secretary of State website um, is very easy to um, click around and learn all the rules and regulations for you to vote. And so um, I encourage everybody to go out there and vote. You know, cancel me out. That's fine, whatever. <laughs> um, but it's it's something that you have the ability to. I you like working go, where I can vote.
0: <laughs> go vote, go vote, go vote, go vote. Let your voice be heard. It's it is a it's a privilege and it's a duty, you know, to go and vote, uh, have your voice heard. So you can vote now. Today is the first day for early voting up until uh, November fourth, and then uh, if you miss that, you can vote on election day, November the 8th. So please Absolutely. go vote. Absolutely. Take your your ID. You will need your ID in order to go vote. But but go vote. It's very, very important. It's always important to go vote. So.